We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What is going on, Chiefs Kingdom? I'm Tucker Franklin here with you for today's KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs video and podcast from us here at KC Sports Network. Today, I am joined by none other than one-third of the KC Laboratory. Matt Laney joins me again this week to give out some post-regular season awards, some some regular season awards to give out to the Chiefs players, only Chiefs players, and we'll talk about some headlines too. Uh, But before we get into it, I've got to tell you about our friends at DraftKings and the NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet on the NFL playoffs anywhere else? We get to, again, sit back and watch all of this wild card action unfold, so why don't place your uh, risk-free bet here, your no-sweat bet on this wonderful DraftKings app. I love the way it works. Here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, Matt, thank you for joining me once again. I think this is back-to-back weeks. Uh, this is the first time in, a, in my history of hosting KCSN Update. We've had back-to-back Ooh. guests, so you should be honored. Set, setting records already. Let's go. I like right. this. Love to see it. But, Matt, uh, I brought you here so we can so we can dish out some postseason awards. It's award season. The Golden Globes okay. were on Tuesday. I don't know if you know that, uh, but weird to have an award show on a Tuesday night. So I, I was in the award giving spirit already. Okay. Um, so we're going to be giving out awards, but before we get to that, I also want to talk about some headlines, some headlines that we've got uh, going around Ooh, first. Big news. big news. Before we hopped on this podcast, Tom Pelissaro tweeted out, if there's an AFC championship game between the chiefs and bills, the neutral site will be Mercedes Benz stadium in Atlanta. The NFL announced Maddie, 
your first thoughts on Atlanta hosting the AFC Championship game? Well, it's not Vegas, which is disappointing. Um, you know, would have been in Las Vegas if it got moved there. So that's that's why I was really, uh, you know, hoping that would be the way it goes. It also makes sense to go to like Vegas could accommodate everybody. It's relatively cheap to get to so on and so forth, you know, domed, but with grass. It kind of checked all the boxes other than the fact that it's really far away for both teams. And it does have events going on like during that weekend and after. So I get why it wasn't picked. Uh, Atlanta is a fine, you know, runner up choice. Like it's pretty, it's a ho hum choice, but it's a fine choice. I guess I don't know how much you're really expecting. You're picking a neutral site game because of a terrible thing that happened on a football field. Like it doesn't have to be a big deal. This isn't like choosing the location of a bowl game in college football, right? Like this doesn't need to be its own thing. However, I, I was kind of surprised that the NFL didn't go for the spectacle. Like, a neutral site AFC championship game between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in Vegas. Like that's its own thing. Like the hype, you can just like build it up like a pre Super Bowl, and they just end up in Atlanta. I'm sure the game would still be great there if it happens. It's just as a choice, it ho hum. It's turf, which is never that, you know, not my first choice, but it's in a dome protected from the weather. Neither fan base is really going to have a significant advantage getting there. So you're going to hold that level of neutral. Um, so it's, it's a fine choice. Does I, I was just hoping for Vegas. I'm kind of disappointed. Uh, Tom Pelser also replied to his tweet, and he said, as a part of a standard NFL contingency planning, Atlanta was de- designated a possible backup host site for the postseason games prior to the start of the 2022 season and is almost equidistant from both potential participating teams' cities. It will be played at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday, January 29th. Now, I assume... I would assume that that time is still going to stay the same if it if like the Bengals do beat the Bills, right? If that does happen and the, the Chiefs do get to host that game at Arrowhead, I would anticipate that that Sunday, January 29th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, which a 5.30 kickoff in Kansas City is kind of a weird time. Um, but I would assume that that would stay the same. But it is interesting. Atlanta was in the plans, and I feel like Atlanta wasn't really talked about prior to like a couple of days ago. I think, uh, Maddie, you said someone brought it up to you. I think I saw it yesterday uh, brought up. No. Like, uh, But it was one of those cities that nobody was really talking about. Yeah, and I don't know. I guess I don't know why. I think everybody was like focused on trying to find a city like in between a direct route from Kansas City to Buffalo and not particularly <laughs> looking outside of this like direct path. Um right. And so Atlanta makes sense though. Like I, I'm so I this is I guess going to show my my weakness of geography, but I'm I'm relatively surprised that it's equidistance between the two of them. Um, yeah. I maybe maybe it's skewed because of where I now live in North Carolina, and I'm not quite as ready for how far east Atlanta is. But uh, I was kind of surprised. Either way, easy to fly into though, especially from Kansas City. I don't know how yeah. Buffalo's airport works, but Kansas City to Atlanta is a very common flight. So I think. Uh, it, it makes sense. I think it'll be pretty neutral. I uh, I just wish it was in Las Vegas. That would have been a lot more fun for me. Absolutely. Personally. I agree. Would have been more fun for me too. But we, we've got some more news that came across. Uh, this is an interesting one. This is coming from the Chiefs Wire. Shout out to our guy Charles Goldman over there at the Chiefs Wire. Absolutely grinding, grinding this stuff out. Uh, an interesting note that he wrote, uh, Chiefs to roll over roughly $2.8 million in salary cap space for 2023. Um, it's a, it's a, something that maybe the Chiefs can uh, work with. That's at least a contract uh, that the Chiefs can, can, ex- can extend out. Yeah, um, it, I thought maybe it would be a little bit more. Some of the decisions, I knew they were a little cap-strapped this year. 
Um, so I get, I guess I get why, but just the way that I didn't feel like they spent big or spent very much, especially after like the big Tyree kill trade and stuff, I thought maybe they'd have a little bit more to roll over. So seeing that that's all it was is a little disappointing, but at the same time, like I'm not going to get bent out of shape between 2.8 million versus like a five or something that I would have thought it would be. That's not my money. That's for them to figure out. Just, I was surprised it wasn't a little bit higher was all. That's fair, and I think that I, going into this season, uh, well, later, kind of as the season was developing, we kind of learned that the Chiefs were a little bit of strapped for cap space, um, especially when it came to around the trade deadline when it came to trading guys. So uh, good to see that they did have a rollover. Um, a, a quick one, Chiefs uh, running back Jarek McKinnon was named AFC Offensive Player of the Month for both December and January. They combined those last two months because obviously January is not a full month. Um, had one heck of a month of, of December let alone January as well. Um, so Jarek McKinnon getting that nod. And also Chiefs linebacker Nick Bolton, named finalist for the 2022 Professional Dick Butkiss Award. Uh, so uh, big news, big big accolades uh, for the for some Chiefs players. Yeah, so for December and January, uh, Jarek McKinnon had nine touchdowns, eight receiving, and one rushing. He had, what are we looking at here, 142 rushing yards, averaging over four yards per carry, 275 receiving yards and over 10 yards per catch. Like, he just, he had a monster month here, as you know, we're just going to label it, and even more so than what the stats is just how important he was, I think, to the Chiefs' red zone offense during that time. Like, how many plays the Chiefs were getting him on little rub routes out into the flat in in the red zone, finding him on screens that he was able to convert into touchdowns, even catching a couple little, like, shovel passes late in the down from Patrick Mahomes. It, the Chiefs were struggling to figure out the red zone while McCole Hardman and Kadarius Tony were hurt. And Jarek McKinnon did a great job stepping into that and kind of not necessarily taking that role, but doing enough to kind of uh, cover up the gaps a little bit here for the Chiefs. And so that way you didn't feel that drop off as much. Absolutely. I think Jarek McKinnon was a huge piece uh, to this team's success. His one rushing touchdown, I like to point this out, was the walk-off uh, touchdown against the uh, Houston Texans. So kind of a big deal. His, his one rushing touchdown was kind of was big. And I think well, it's he like said a- he was going to score it too. He called it. He called a yeah. shot. Yeah, that was that's pretty sick. Um, and I think it's like a month and two games, right? So it's like it's six games, but still six touchdowns, nine touchdowns in six games is an incredible clip. Um, I don't care if it's a, if it's a little bit more than a month. Jerick McKinnon deserved it. He deserved to be AFC Player of the Month. Uh, excited to see uh, Nick Bolton, who second in the NFL in tackles, just uh, behind. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. The dude from the Jaguars who uh, had one one heck of a fourth quarter um, to, to overtake Nick Bolden in terms of tackles. Uh, BJ was not very happy with that. Um, and I know there's some people in the KCS and Discord that were also not happy with that who had the same bet that BJ had to, for Nick Bolden to lead the league in tackles. It was very close. It was so close. But uh, good, good year in the tackle department for Nick Bolden. Tackle machine. So you just gotta gotta get the that hometown scorekeepers to to fix up the books a little bit more. Yep. Uh, <laughs> this is for every single team, so this is not just the Chiefs and just Nick Bolton. But if you go back and count how many tackles Nick Bolton, like you see him make, and then go compare that to the stat sheet, the difference is wild. He gets a lot of extra credit for getting a hand on a guy as he's going to the ground, and this is again the same for a lot of teams. The teams mm-hmm. have done it. I, 
I think it became really prominent when uh, Zach Thomas played for the Dolphins. I think when a lot of people started talking about how he's late adding, getting assisted tackles and stuff, it's just, it's funny. Cause you know, he, you see a lot of games of 16 tackles and you're like, now, wait a second. I don't know about that. And then you go back and count. You're like, okay, well that's fine. So yeah, he's got to home cook a little bit better next time guys. Come on, Kansas city. I, uh, Quick story before we get into our awards. I used to be the spotter for Northwest Missouri State when we would do like oh. the team stat stuff. And I was I was a defensive spotter one year, the offensive spotter another year. Um, and, and on the defensive spotter, I would just throw guys in that were around there. Like, yeah, I give them the tackle. Um, so I've I've been firsthand. I've been the guy who's like, oh, yeah, he was he was there. He to given a, a guy getting run out of bounds, <laughs> getting forced out of bounds. But there's two guys in the area. Give them both tackle um that's that's what i would do help those guys out um offense is a you know a little bit a little bit harder uh, to call out and everything but uh no I, that's it's always fun uh, to do that you're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in kansas city kc sports network we'll be back right after this we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Mandy, let's get into uh, these post-regular season awards. These are the same awards you're going to be seeing ha- handed out at the NFL Honors. That I believe is the week before the Super Bowl. It's during that like Pro Bowl week um, that they try to fancy up and they've announced the pro bowl events that i think so i saw somebody I, I can't remember who said this but all the events look like they're trying to go viral on social media is what they said and which i think is incredibly fair because that's probably what they're trying to do uh but the nfl honors is just another uh piece of that uh, trying to go viral on social media they got a host it's a whole award show it's a whole ordeal maddie we don't have we're not making this a whole ordeal for the chiefs post post regular season awards we are going to do um most improved player Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, and then obviously MVP, but we're not going to put Patrick. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP, right? But non-Patrick Mahomes MVP. I'm going to I'm going to take him out of the Offensive Player of the Year race too. I think that's also fair. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't have him down. So, 
Um, Maddie, let's get started with uh, most improved player. Oh, you're putting me on the spot with like the most difficult one on the top, like the one that probably is going to require the most thought provoking. Um, ooh, I'm struggling to come up with the guy. Do you have one? You yeah, go I'll first. Go yeah, I'll go Give first. Give me a second here. So I actually wrote down two, and both of these guys are on okay. the defensive side of the ball. Um, yeah. I, I think the one I'm going to go with, though, is Mike Dana. Uh, Mike Dana had a uh, one heck of a year this year uh, playing on the inside, mixing in on the outside, getting to the quarterback, bringing the quarterback down. Charger killer Mike Dana could come in real clutch uh, if the Chiefs do face the Chargers next week. But I think that that guy, seeing what he had you know, last year, I don't think there was a whole lot of expectations for him. This year, I don't really think there was a whole lot of expectations either. But as as BJ and I have talked about on, on Outside the Trenches, uh, BJ talked about this with uh, Brett Coleman on yesterday's KCS an update about just the Chiefs defensive line and their ability to get home. And I think they're second in the league in sacks this year compared to 29th last year. <laughs> and not a whole lot changed on that defensive front other than, you know, lose Alex Okafor, you add uh, uh, Carlos Dunlap and you add Joe Colin, right? Like those are probably the three biggest changes um, out of those. Sell a big George Short. Okay, George was at it as well. But <laughs> I'm saying you you didn't get your marquee pass rusher. You didn't get your uh who's that who's that in Minnesota? Zaire Smith? Zaire oh who am I? Keep going. Of? I'm gonna let you fight it until you get there. You're close. Buddy, I don't know if I'm gonna get Taylor. Zadarius Zadarius Smith. Smith. <laughs> oh, Zaire Taylor's a college basketball player. Um, I'm pretty sure. Uh let me know in the comments who Zaire Taylor is. Um <laughs> <laughs> but so they didn't get that guy. They didn't get the guy that they wanted to in free agency to bring in and 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 kind of have another one-two punch behind Frank Clark, and they brought back Frank Clark too. So like that's a whole other thing. So I think that Mike Dana's improvement did help this offensive or this defensive front in total uh, kind of revamp their their uh, their passing attack. I'm also going to go defensive side. I'm also going to go with the defensive line, and I'm going to go with Colin Saunders um, from yeah. healthy scratch last season. At times, you know, once you would assume he returned from his injury, I mean, I guess there's no guarantee he was 100% healthy, but the Chiefs were not in any kind of hurry, rush, or trying to get Colin Saunders on the field last year. And the defensive line, as you talk was just saying, is pretty, was a little thin. They weren't dominating games and stuff, so they could have used some juice. Not there this year. Then this season, it comes around and Colin Saunders starts, starts getting a little bit more run, especially once Tershawn Wharton gets hurt and yeah. you lose Tershawn Wharton for the season. The Chiefs are looking for a little bit more juice, a little bit more pass rush up the middle. And, you know, Colin Saunders ended the year with, I think, three and a half sacks, a handful more pressures. It wasn't like he was lighting it up as an interior pass rusher, but you could feel you could feel his impact. And so when you go from being a guy that the, the team isn't really trying to get on the field to being a very important part of the rotation – it even got to the point at times where fans were asking for him over Derek Nottie against, mm -hmm. against the run. And that's still very clearly, you know, Saunders like weaker part of his game is holding up against the run. It's just, he was playing better than Derek Nottie was at Derek Nottie's own strength at times. So his improvement this year, his ability to really grind it out, get through the injuries that were slowing him down and get out there on the field and compete. Cause he was fighting for a roster spot and not just make it, but then also have a big impact. So I, th I think we'll go with Colin Saunders. Um, yeah. Most improved player was kind of tricky because the Chiefs have so many rookies or like even new players that stepped in to fill these roles that they got good performances from, or they already had really good players that, yeah, maybe they took a step forward, but like a 
saying Chris Jones is the most improved player might actually be accurate because he did have his best season far and away. Yeah. But like also that's a it feels like a slap in the face to most improved player award to give it to somebody <laughs> that was already an all pro level player, if that makes sense. Right. hundred percent. And the uh, the NFLPA did their first and their first ever uh, all pro team, which I think is cool. The NFLPA doing their own all pro team. Uh, the Chiefs had four make it Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones. Who's who do you think the fourth is? I know who the fourth is, and all I can say is Arthur Colquitt is fuming right now. Tommy Townsend was the fourth. Uh, he's getting added to all these all-pro teams. By the way, had a phenomenal year putting the football. People don't want to talk about that, but uh, phenomenal year putting the football. Um, maybe not as well as the holds, but punting it, phenomenal. Uh, I'll mention before we move on, I had Nick Bolton in there too because I think that Nick Bolton really did take a step forward um, in this year, not only – know in the tackle department he's always he's always going to be a tackle machine uh, as a middle linebacker your middle linebacker is going to get a lot of tackles uh but i do think he he took a step forward in the areas that he needed to take a step forward in so uh maddie let's go with rookie of the year lots of picks lots of choices the chiefs had i believe 10 rookies on their active roster this year so you have a lot of choices to make i yeah um the Chiefs did have a lot of rookies I think you're going to kind of boil it down to the two first round picks which is probably the way it should be like that's your decision Karloff has played more um his splash plays I guess were more splashy because he was providing like real impact stats with sacks tackles for loss and pressures and Trent McDuffie's good was a little bit more just like hey I'm being really good and in the right spot so maybe it wasn't doesn't look as impressive but I'm still going to go with Trent McDuffie even with the missing of the time. Uh, I think the fact that he, the Chiefs feel comfortable letting him play outsider in the slot so Legereus Steve can go shadow number one or big receivers, whatever the plan is, that's huge. Like the Chiefs haven't had that with Bashad Breeland, with Shavarius Ward, with Rashad Finn, like whoever you want to throw in there under Steve Spagnolo. I mean, you're even going back to Bob Sutton. That hasn't been something the Chiefs have done. So the fact that they feel confident enough in a guy playing as their corner two and Trent McDuffie to do multiple things, I think that says a lot of how they think about him. Go back to his game versus Jamar Chase. Like, yeah, Chase had a good game, but guess who it wasn't against? It wasn't against Trent McDuffie. When they tried him, mm -hmm. it didn't go as well. He's been an excellent tackler. He showed some, you know, ability to really blitz the passer once he got kicked into the slot these last yeah. few games. He's I just I think he's done everything you want out of a cornerback that you go and trade up for. You're no longer really concerned about the size. And I think moving forward, I feel a little bit better about him. So I think that's what gave him the edge over Carl Loftus for me. I had Trim McDuffie down on my list, but I, uh, I'm i going to give mine to Isaiah Pacheco. Seventh round rookie coming in, gets okay. a start. Um, he gets 803, I believe it was, uh, yards, rushing yards. As a seventh round rookie, it's hard to argue. Uh, with with uh, his uh, with his production as a seventh rounder, runs hard, uh, looks like everything you want from uh, from a running back that you get in the seventh round. And uh, he he said prior to uh, coming into the season that he was going to take a grown man's job. And listen, I took a couple. He took a couple grown men's job. Um, shout out to uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Not only you know Clyde Edwards are getting hurt, obviously, obviously was did help him could take that job but like ronald jones was there like ronald jones was probably well incapable to take that job but isaiah pacheco um proved to be better and shout out to ronald jones for getting in the end zone as i mentioned on outside the trenches he's a 21st um 21st chiefs player to score a touchdown this season 
kind of wild to think about. It's a lot of touchdowns. That's a lot of touchdowns and a lot of different players to score touchdowns. So let's get on to the defensive player of the year. Uh, Maddie, we've talked. Well, no, I did just did offense, but I was going to say, because uh, I, I had McDuffie on my list. I was like, wow, we're only talking about the defense uh, right now. But defensive player of the year. I'm curious to what you have down. Yeah, uh, you you brought, you invoked the angry emu for your uh, off or for the rookie of the year. So I think that's good. That gave yeah. us the offensive push. Um, uh, defensive player of the year. Okay, uh, Chris Jones. Do, do we need to like really discuss this one much? Right? Nah, like, not really. He is. If Nick Bosa wasn't as good as he is, Chris Jones might legitimately have a chance at defensive player of the year. And like that, that says a lot because the you know defensive tackles don't win it a lot. When you do, you're Aaron Donald, and you know everybody knows how good he is historically. The fact that Chris Jones was far and away better than Donald this year, better than uh, Fletcher Cox or whoever else you're going to put up there as a defensive tackle, just uh, Jeffrey Simmons, not Justin Simmons. Quinton Williams, who had a great season, but like Chris Jones was clearly the best guy at that spot. He kind of the Chiefs defense goes as he goes, especially in terms of their pass rush. So he means everything to him. I mean, he's clearly their best defensive player. He had the best year on that side of the ball. I, I don't I would love to hear somebody make a case for him not being the defensive player of the year for the Chiefs. Yeah, I put down Legereus Sneed as a conversation to have just because I think of uh, yeah. the role that he plays and he is now eligible for a contract extension um so do it uh yeah do it quick um because he's only going to get more expensive that's been one of i think Revich's best finds uh was legerious sneed but chris jones is a guy that should be a first team all pro um i saw i think benjamin solak tweeted out that he put him down a second team with quentin williams uh so like his second team was quentin williams and uh Chris Jones, I can't. I couldn't even remember. Should have been his first team. Just, yeah. you know, he had his D tackle teams flipped a little bit. He did. Uh, I saw that and I was just like, "Hmm, this seems like bait." I'm not gonna take the bait. Um, and so I didn't interact with it. Uh, but no, that, I think that Chris Jones' year this year, 15 and a half sacks, insane. Um, that was more than all the than the Chiefs had last year. I'm pretty sure uh, as a team. Uh, so just him single handedly. Um, being able to to produce that was good, and he was a good against the run as well. So I think that that's kind of a, kind of an overshadowed point. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Let's move on to the offensive player of the year, Maddie. We're taking Mahomes out of it. We're we're not talking. Mahomes is good. Mahomes is the goat, right? We're we're not doing the old uh, trope that Coach JB wants us to do—that he's a gimmicky quarterback. Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. Um, offensive player of the year, Maddie. Who do you got? Well, this. This puts me in a bind for wanting to pick an interesting topic, but then also staying on brand and true to myself. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Travis Kelsey, my, um, you know, perennial player to non Patrick Mahomes player to watch when we do off season game previews heading into the week. And guess what? If you just watch Travis Kelsey every single week, you're going to have a lot of fun doing it. So um, it, 
it's always been the thing. Tyreek Hill got an increasingly larger and more important role in the Chiefs offense over the years, you know, with Andy Reid here and once Patrick Mahomes took over. But I still was always on the side of, I think the offense funnels through Travis Kelsey and they just weaponized Tyreek Hill really well off of him. That doesn't take anything away from Tyreek Hill. I just thought the offense funneled through what Kelsey did this year. I think you see exactly kind of not why, but like, that's just the proof of it, right? They don't have the same field stretchers, Tyree kill. They don't have someone clearing out all this space for Kelsey. And yet he went out and had his second best year of his career outside of his 1400 yard season with only one less touchdown. So clearly he's still just as good as he's ever been. And you're removing Tyree kill the other guy fighting for that top dog spot. It's just, the year was phenomenal. He took over some games, even in games that he doesn't take over where you don't remember how big his impact was when you go back and watch teams are throwing three bodies at him on third down. Like I believe that his first down catch percentage was like 55% or something on over a hundred, like over on 150 targets. Like that's, that's insanity. Like it's just, when you really dive into his stats, like the advanced stats for receptions or whatever, it's just crazy how efficient and productive he is year after year, despite, especially this season, every defense knowing what's happening. And it just didn't matter. So like, he, he gets the nod for me. Absolutely. 110 catches, 1,338 yards. That's 12.2 yards per catch uh, on this season. A long of 52, 12 touchdowns. I mentioned to you before we started the show, uh, Travis Kelsey hadn't scored in six weeks, so he had, t- he had 12 touchdowns in the first 12 weeks of the season. Um, so he was he was on a one touchdown per game clip there. It was, it was there was a little bit if you went on to DraftKings and went to the anytime touchdown score, Travis Kelsey was like minus 150. Like they weren't going to give you any money for putting Travis t- Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown score um, because it was almost a lock that he was going to score. So um, Travis Kelsey, that's that's a good one. Uh, we might be talking about him again in a little. But I'm going to talk about uh, Jarek McKinnon. Now, Jarek McKinnon, this this Offensive Player of the Year award is, is a little different. We talked about him at the top of the show about how he was important in December, January. But I really think he was important going all the way back to training camp. And, and they re- they chose to retain Jarek McKinnon uh, when they did kind of have an already crowded running back room. When you talk about, you know, I, I think Derek Gore was there at the same time. They, had, they drafted Pacheco. They had Ronald Jones. They signed him. They had Clyde. They they had, I think, up to five running backs at one point on this team. Um, and they said, you know what? We still want you to come back. We still want you to be a part of this team. And I think that that's a, that was a big sign. Um, I think he's good for the locker room chemistry. That's a huge part of the uh, part of it as well. And for uh, talk about this a little bit, too, with uh, Nick Leckie um, on Outside the Trenches, for Brett Veach to have the awareness not to, number one, just like cut Frank Clark just because of the cap hit, right? Just to keep him around because of the chemistry issue, uh, the, the, the chemistry in the locker room, knowing that his leadership is such a big thing, is a important thing for Brett Veach. And I think that you could say the same thing on the offensive side of the ball, not just to let Jarek McKinnon go. Like, Jarek McKinnon was valuable last year. I don't think that Brett Veach would have forecasted him to be as valuable as he was this year uh down the stretch but to keep him around and, and keep the kind of some some locker room glued together that's always something you love to see but on the field uh Jarek McKinnon has always been that weapon and I love to see that he came from San Francisco where he did have that setback with his ACL um it's tough to see he didn't know if he was gonna gonna play again because of Kansas City has a couple good years uh hopefully he gets himself paid with if that's in Kansas City cool if it's not in Kansas City Whatever, but glad to see what he's done uh, with uh, with the, the Chiefs down the stretch here. And really, 
he kind of propelled them to this one seed. Um, if if we're talking about it, they were needing some offense in turn in times where they needed offense. Jarek McKinnon was there to catch a pass uh, on the sideline, a, a dump down pass, and take it a couple few yards. But uh, Jarek McKinnon gonna always be remembered now for that highlight where Patrick Mahomes just kind of Magic Johnson flipped the flipped the ball uh, to him in Denver, and he took it to the house. Yeah, nope that that's gonna. That's a good pick. I wanted to give a shout out to Creed Humphrey here. Um, yep. He was the guy that I considered as well. Uh, I mean, just stability, game in, game out. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get a guy that's going to hold his own in the center. He's not going to give up more than one pressure per game. He's going to get most of your protection calls correct that he's part of. And when you get him out in space, it's going to be essentially executed perfectly. Um, I don't, you know, maybe not the flashiest. I think if you w- watch very specifically for him, yes, he does some great things and his mobility is insane, but I don't know if it's always the most flashy. He's not flattening guys the way Trey Smith is, right? So mm-hmm. it's not as flashy, but it's just so consistent. It's so stable and so important to what the Chiefs do to have that guy next to someone like Trey Smith, who is a little bit more volatile. I think it just matters a lot for what they're doing that they have Creed Humphrey there. It's like, mm-hmm. I, He's not the offensive player of the Chiefs because I'm mean, that's clearly, you know, Travis Kelsey, but I think he's worth a shout out here because I do think a lot of what they do pivots around having him and even Joe Tooney next to him. Yeah, for sure. I, I did think about some offensive linemen going into this. Um, Orlando Brown had a really good second half of the year. Um, you know, Andrew Wiley uh, was incredibly consistent. I know that sometimes there's some games over there, but like if Andrew Wiley is your worst lineman out of five you're you're in a good spot um i think that that's kind of the general sentiment around it the offensive line doing well and when hey you know when creed does flatten guys he gets called for holds um like he did on the uh the little uh snow globe play which not a hold but when we we'll go back and watch that he just kind of owned up on a little db and the uh, refs kind of felt bad for him is what happened uh, i'm convinced I'm i think the convinced. ref was confused i'm i am certain the ref was still watching the play and then he looked back and saw a db being flung to the ground that he assumed that it had to be a hold i don't think he saw a yeah. lick of what actually happened he was mesmerized by the by the reindeer personnel snow globe left reindeer personnel is so good so good all right Maddie, let's wrap up here with the MVP, not Patrick Mahomes, because Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. Let's say that right now. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. Excluding Patrick Mahomes, who is your team MVP? So I, I kind of used the other MVPs for my defensive player and offensive player of the year. I pigeonholed myself here. This is a mistake that I made. So in order to not repeat players, you're getting a different MVP. You're getting somebody else. You've mentioned him, though. Uh, Legereus Sneed. I'm going with Legereus Sneed here for many of the same reasons that you mentioned. I I think the defense goes as far as Chris Jones is going to take it, but I do think Legereus Sneed's ability to play from the slot with just the pressures that he brings, the ability to play the run from there, and then as we saw down the stretch, his ability to flex out and play and shadow top wide receivers and make sure the Chiefs can leave a, you know some one-on-one matchups out there and not constantly have to give help, I think that matters, and that matters a lot to what the Chiefs do. It allows them to weaponize Chris Jones a little bit more. It allows them to let these rookie corners settle in, maybe get a few more basic assignments for you know half, three quarters of the season. So I, I'm going to give him the MVP, like I said, partially because I pigeonholed myself here, but also I think I do think he deserves it. I think that he's been excellent this year, and on top of that, I don't know what this Chiefs secondary looks like without him. I think he covered, not covers holes, but he enables a lot of other guys to play the way that they need to play in order to be effective. And I think Sneed's kind of like the the duct tape that holds it all together. Mm, 
I like that a lot. I like Jerry Sneed and kind of the role they've put him into now uh, towards the end of the season. I think that's uh, it's very exciting. I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey because um, I, I think that he, outside of Patrick Mahomes, is one of the most important players on this team. And you look at some of the records that he set this year, most 100-yard receiving games by a tight end. He extended his 1,000-yard streak, I believe, to seven <laughs> seasons in a row. Uh, Mike Evans, I think, is the longest one with nine 1,000-yard uh, seasons in a row, which is insane. Um, shout out Mike Evans, by the way. Um, Travis Kelsey is doing things that are incredible for his age, right? He's 33, and he's putting up, uh, Maddie, as you mentioned, the second best year of his career at this age. So um, Travis Kelsey is incredibly important to this offense as you, we watch on the breakdown every week well, when you see it on the breakdown there's always a couple of guys around Travis Kelsey, whether they're, you know, cloud cornered or they're, they're, you know, manning up with another guy over the top. They're always doing stuff to make sure that they know where Travis Kelsey is. And that opens things up for other guys, especially in the red zone. You see it a lot now. I think there was one play in the red zone where Travis Kelsey had like three guys on him. And you're just like, okay, uh, we'll take this easy touchdown to Jerick McKinnon then. Uh, so it's one of those things where Travis Kelsey demands so much attention and he's still putting up these numbers. Um, I think it's an incredible, uh, a, a testament to what he's been able to do uh, this season. As you mentioned, without Tyreek Hill, without another guy really taking a lot of the uh, the spotlight away from him, which I think is super impressive. I, yeah, I I could go. We could do this the rest of the podcast about just talking <laughs> about Travis Kelsey, but you know, both of us have things that we probably need to get done today. So yeah. you know, I don't need to dive back into uh, into too much of this again. It's just a, it's simple, right? Like how many players in the league are getting double and triple teamed every third down? Not just right. occasionally, not just in certain alignments, not just against certain looks. Every single third down, how many players in the league are getting double or triple teamed? And if the list isn't long. I would argue the list is one. It's just Travis Kelsey. Because one, yes, it's a tight end, so it's a little bit easier. But like you can watch the Raiders in Devonta Adams. They're not, you're not getting him doubled. He is not being doubled every single third down because it would just be silly coverage wise. Now, part of that's, like I said, the position they play, but the other part is Travis Kelsey's really just that good on third downs. He is kind of the chief's third down offense, like option one, a one B and one C, and then they go on to other stuff. So he just, he means everything to their offense outside of Mahomes. Of course, mm. he is kind of everything about their offense. It'll be interesting the next couple of years as he does actually get older and start to show signs of aging, how they go about compensating for that. As I don't think you're going to find just another Travis Kelsey, whether that's at receiver or tight end, right? You're not going to find another guy that does what he does this easily, especially when you are picking 30 plus every year. So just that's something I got my eyes on going forward because I think this year just showed you like he is the offense outside of Mahomes. It's him. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. There's yeah. the three guys involved. One of them is probably nearing kind of the end of his run. And so it's just going to be interesting to see how they replace him going forward. Brock Bowers in coming to Kansas City. You heard it here first. Um, Maddie, I appreciate you joining me, giving out some postseason awards, post-regular season. I don't want to say postseason because it's not actually the postseason, but it's the post-regular season. Kind of confusing. Post-regular season awards here on KCS and Update. Make sure to catch Maddie Lane live on the KC Laboratory tonight at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. We appreciate you joining us on today's KCS and Update, listening all the way to the end. Make sure to like the video if you're watching this on YouTube. Follow us on whatever podcast platform you are listening to on and make sure 
to stick around for tomorrow as Trevor Sikama will be back to uh, talk, talk about three key matchups, uh, I assume, in the AFC uh, Super Wild Card Weekend. There's going to be a lot of games going on, but as Chiefs fans, we could kick our feet up and enjoy uh, some of these some of this action. Make sure to keep your eyes on that Jacksonville and uh, LA game. That's probably going to be the one who determines who's going to come to Kansas City and play them. So I will be back next week, and until then, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.